Dear Diary, I wonder if you'd know how everyone's 2024 would be faring? How many would be on track to achieve their goals? And how many resolutions would have broken? While expressing these thoughts to Ruchi over a hot steaming cappuccino, we got talking about journaling. I love doing it, but I wish I was more consistent, I told her. She had such a simple solution, it never struck me earlier. Place your journal on this table every night. In the morning when it's right there, you'll definitely take out two minutes to write something, even if it's just expressing your gratitude. You know why? It has worked. Tune into my chit-chat with Ruchi Parekh to hear the simple yet powerful tools she has to offer. Welcome back to another episode of Cappuccino. Now that we are a few weeks into the year, I hope all of you have set your goals and you're working towards it. I know you must be wondering why I'm talking about this at this point in time. We should have discussed this last year, but there is a reason. And before I tell you that, let me introduce you to my guest today, Ruchi Parikh. Thank you, Ruchi, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Would you like to tell our listeners something about yourself? I'm an executive career life coach. I'm also a keynote speaker, an author, an NLP practitioner, and I'm a former lawyer. I was talking about, you know, goals and everybody. I think everybody does set something for themselves by end of the year, and they're looking for ways to achieve it. But... Um, before I find out about everything else, I want to know, did you set a goal for yourself this year? So, you know, I actually set long-term goals. Okay. So my goals are on for a few years. I set what I like to call big, hairy, audacious goals. Beginning of the year, the first thing I do is do a review. What has been achieved, what has not. And then I plan a strategy for the rest of the year. It sounds complicated, but it's really very simple. It just keeps me in check and focus. And I, as I keep going along, I keep checking what's been done, what's not happening to be able to tweak that strategy a bit. Okay. Coming to that, you know, there's so many people, so many people, like I said, set goals for themselves. However, I know from personal experience as well, it has happened with me and I have, you know, spoken to other people who express the same thing. Most of these goals are never achieved because we start with a lot of, you know, enthusiasm. First of Jan, I'm going to start doing this. and But it just doesn't happen. It just kind of steams, the steam goes off and everything just... So actually new research has come out that by the end of January, 43% of people either forget or drop their goals. There are a few reasons why that happens. The most important being that the goal is too big or intimidating. Yes, it's important to set challenging goals so that you stay motivated, but it's important to break down those big goals into smaller milestones so you're able to actually achieve them. An example of that is if you want to say, this year I'm going to lose 30 kgs. The, so the thought of it or the sound of it is so scary. You're not even going to want to start on it. Yeah. Having said that, if I say, Every month for the next 10 months, I will lose 3 kgs. It sounds achievable. It sounds less intimidating. So when you break them down, it's easier to achieve. Right. Another thing is people very often set goals only because it's a matter of tradition. New year, new me, new, new goals. They don't know the why behind it. Yeah. If you have the why, the purpose of why you're doing something, it is much easier to achieve. Another one that causes goals to be dropped is 
not taking into account the obstacles that may come, the challenges that may come. You just set the goals without thinking of what is going to happen while I work towards it. So when those obstacles come, they seem too difficult and you say, oh, this goal is not for me. I'm not going to go towards it. Maybe another time. And these could be some of the reasons. Another actually very big reason also research-based is if you have someone who is accountable with you, it could be a friend, it could be a partner, it could be a coach you work with who keeps you accountable, there is a much higher chance, actually doubly the chance of you achieving those goals. Right, right. No, I mean, when you're saying it and I, when I try and kind of put that in perspective, it does make a lot of sense. But um, if, if I were to ask you to kind of give a few tips on some effective ways to set goals. I know you just kind of put that out. But yet, suppose there are like three or four points you would say that these are the steps which one must adapt to set effective goals. Because we may have, you know, come a few weeks into the year. But the truth is that we do keep setting goals for ourselves throughout the year. Like, yes. you know, I want this or I want that or this is what I want to achieve. But most of the time, like I said, it just fizzles out. Yes. So there are a few methods you can use. The most common being make sure they're smart, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. That's the most common. But there are a few more goal-setting techniques that have come out. One of them, a popular one now, being called the backward goals. Now, what are backward goals? You start with the end goal and you work backwards. For example, if you say, my goal is to write a blog post every month. Instead of starting with the first paragraph, start with the conclusion and you work backwards. So in your head, you already know what the end of that blog is going to be. It makes it easier to finish. Okay. Another one that companies often use are called OKRs, Objectives and Key Results. In that, you have goals that are set quarterly. You plan objectives around them to achieve them. And the key results are the numbers you must hit to achieve these goals. And finally is the goal pyramid. Again, very simple. It's a pyramid where the most important goals are on top, followed by larger milestones, medium level milestones and smaller milestones. Remember, in any of these, the idea to be able to achieve goals is to make it manageable and it should not feel intimidating and scary. I know, Ruchi, that you do a lot of workshops and you had done one recently um, on Vision Board. When it comes to vision board, why do you think it is important? And um, if, like today, I want to create one for myself, what are certain things that I should keep in mind? So the most important aspect of a vision board is the feeling it evokes when you look at it. Okay. Very often, people spend too much time on the images that you're sticking on that or putting up on that image board. That is actually immaterial. First, start with setting goals in various aspects of your life. What are the elements that you want to pull in? Because the idea of a vision board is to make it easier for you to set, achieve and pull in those goals. So you think first, what are the areas I want to cover? Then you start finding the images. They actually don't only have to be images of you. They can be cutouts from a magazine. You find images on Pinterest, online. Everyone does it online these days. My vision board is always digital. So I never need to cut out anything. And when you look at those images, they should evoke excitement fun, the joy of when you have it. Also, once you're done organizing it based on the goals you want to achieve, must add words of encouragement. That, I, for me, I believe, adds that little extra twist to make sure that those 
those goals, those things on your vision board come to life sooner. Yeah. You've made a vision board for yourself, of course. Yes. Um, how impactful has it been? Absolutely life-changing. So I'll tell you, I'll even tell you how I do my vision board. Okay. So for me, my vision board is the wallpaper of my laptop. So every single day when I open my laptop to begin my work day, that's the first thing I see. Right. So I'll tell you a true story that happened last year. I create my vision board at the beginning of every year. Last year, one of my bigger goals was to get into programs, to do bigger programs, to do group coaching. So I was really focused on that. As the months started going along, I realized in the first quarter, my coaching clients reduced considerably. In all the work I do, I started journaling about it. I started questioning myself. What's going on? What has happened? You know, because part of the work I do, I, I was checking every aspect of my work and my life. And I looked at my vision board. And I realized my vision board did, did not have any image of me coaching someone. I immediately found an image online and I put it in there. Believe it or not, Aprajita, everything changed for me. Wow. It seems too magical or too mystical, but it happened. It works because then I started staring at that image even more, trying to manifest more of those coaching clients, which suddenly had reduced. So you mentioned that, you know, while doing the vision board thing, you realized that your one-on-one -on -one coaching is not happening and you started journaling. I really want to know about journaling. So journaling is the most powerful tool at your disposal. As human beings, we are like sponges. We're forever absorbing things from our environment, good and bad. Mm -hmm. Now, there are certain things that we pull into our life, we absorb, that there is no outlet for it. You can't share it with your best friend, your partner, your, spa, your friend, your sister, your parent. You can't share it with anyone. It's sitting there. That trap is building like a dormant volcano ready to erupt. Now, with so much crap that you've absorbed from your environment and the people in it, there is no space left to put in all the good stuff. You're going to be able to manifest the good stuff faster when you get rid of that crap. So journaling is that outlet when you don't know what to do with those feelings that you're feeling blocked and stuck about, you write about it. You get it out of your system. It's no more your problem. It's out in the world and it allows you to start manifesting the good stuff faster. Okay, I get that. But if I'm journaling, what are the things that I should keep in mind? So let me share this with I share with everyone. I don't think people realize the importance of journaling. I can speak on my behalf that I did read a lot about journaling and I don't really journal too much. But every time I sit down, it is a it is a great experience. However, I get stuck. I'm like, okay, what do I write now? You know, yes, so that, absolutely. Yeah. So I would share with you the number one rule of journaling is that there are no rules. You just need to be consistent, judgment-free, and you don't have to put yourself in some box that, oh, I have to do this. This is the right way. There, there are no grammar checks there. You just have to pour out everything that's stuck here. And the power, the, the magic that starts happening there are different ways you can do it. There's daily log, daily record of your day. There's reflective journaling, which at the end of the day you do to keep, you know, check of how the day went. When you journal in the morning, you can set the intentions for the day. And I'm going to invite you to try it. If you do intention setting in your journaling, there is a much higher chance of you achieving all those things that you wrote about 
rather than if you had not written. My favorite form of journaling is gratitude journaling. Every day, write three things you are grateful for. Try and be specific. And another tip for it is don't have to think grand and big. Think simple, think small. Because remember, what you focus on expands. When you keep focusing on all the small abundances in your life, you're going to get a lot more of it. All right, I have a question, which is around daily routine. So, you know, information, whether it comes to productivity, goal setting, journaling, vision board, or any other topic in the world, there's a lot of information out there, all right? But if I have to kind of set five points that I do need to incorporate in my daily routine for a more positive, for a more productive day, what would you suggest? So I'm going to suggest things that I do. Yeah. And I, I am a busy working mom. So we, you know, it's important to have a morning routine, very important. I chant every morning. I, I practice Nichirtashan and Buddhism and I, I do it every morning. It starts, the, sets the tone for my day. And with my morning coffee, I love having my coffee in silence or while I'm chanting. And another thing that I feel really helps is journaling first thing in the morning. And I, when I say journaling, you don't have to write pages. You can write two lines. You can write five lines. I'm grateful that I woke up fit and healthy. I'm grateful that my day is going to be amazing today. I'm grateful that I woke up. Just write a few lines. It sets the tone for the day. And you are going to have a great day once you do that. Another thing I'm extremely conscious of is my self-talk. And I recommend that as part of the morning routine. Because what you say to yourself, remember your thoughts become your reality. If something's not been right, deal with it. Don't push it away because it's not going to disappear. It's only going to get bigger. And having an attitude of gratitude. Do the gratitude journaling. These things really ensure that you have a much more positive, healthier, happier day. So if I ask you one book that you could recommend to me, to everybody else, what would that be? So actually I'm going to share about two books. Okay. A great book to read to set new habits is Atomic Habits by James Clear. I love this book because it's very simply written. And it teaches very basic principles. One being, if you want to start a new habit, ensure your environment supports it. Like you want to start exercising, you want to start going to the gym three times a week, ensure your clothes are removed the night before and kept so there's no excuse in the morning that oh, I have to remove my clothes, I have to find what to wear. Which is so true. So true. Because you know, I realize when I when my kids go to bed and I'm about to go to bed, the day I take out my clothes that, okay, tomorrow morning I need to step out for my walk, run, whatever, I do. But the day I don't, I'm you, like, oh my God, I haven't taken it out and now I have to do this. It just, yes. Kind of, yeah. For journaling, if you want to start the practice of journaling, Keep a pen and book or paper next to you. I'm taking that point. It works because there is no excuse. Oh, I have to find the paper. I have to find the pen. I can't find a pen in this house. No excuse. Make your environment conducive and your habit will be built. Yeah. Another book that I swear by, I feel changed my life. Very common. Everyone, the world knows it, but I'm going to repeat it here, is The Secret. I believe in changed the trajectory of my life 15 years ago. I was in deep depression all those years ago. I thought 
I, my life had no purpose, had no meaning. I was in a really, really low, bad place. And this book came to me. And it has taught me my value, the value of my life, and how I can change and turn my life around with my thoughts. That's great. Thank you so much, Richie, for your time. Thank you for speaking all the positivity. <laughs> I've taken quick mental notes of a lot of things, and trust me, I have. I'm so glad. The first thing is that I'm going to place the journal and the pen here tomorrow, tonight, yes. so that from tomorrow I'm more consistent with it. So thank you so much for Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Stay connected.